This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio direction we're going to become extinct in fact in some cases we're close to being extinct right now presented by the law offices of pond lee hockey giordano talk listen and speak to the region's most influential leaders it's saturday night live with philly labor and a good Saturday evening, everyone, and welcome into Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's an early edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we lead you into Temple, East Carolina. That game getting underway, the Temple pregame show will start at 5.50, tip off at 6 o'clock across right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Do not touch your radio dial. We have a powerful, impactful radio show here tonight, J-Doc, on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. The movement to save the refinery in South Philly, uh, it's back on the front page. It's back on the board for us, and we're going to stay with it uh, tonight for the full hour. Yeah, Joe, tonight's a massive show. Uh you said it right, the movement to, to save the refinery in South Philly. We got uh, Johnny Doc calling in uh, at the top of the hour. We have Ryan O'Callaghan, president of United Steelworkers Local 10-1, Jimmy Snell, business manager of Local 420, and John Bland, who's the business manager of Local 13 Boilermakers. This is a, these are all the ma- major players who are affected by this absolutely important uh, situation down at the refinery. So it's a massive show. And John Doherty, the business manager of the Phil- Philadelphia Building Trades, Local 98. He'll join us uh, in just a moment as we wait for him to jump in on the hotline. Ryan uh, O'Callaghan, President USW, in the studio uh, with us tonight. Ryan, let me welcome you into the studio here uh, on a Saturday night. And uh, I-, I sometimes I'm afraid to do this with J-Doc, but I think I can do this with you. Let Thanks, me just Joe. give you uh, an open microphone to set the stage for the listening audience. We know there was a rally this week um, at City Hall. That rally was a response to what? PES took a bid that was $25 million less than what they could have taken, and a, the, the higher bid would have employed all the people and started the refinery back up again. It would have kicked the economic engine of that refinery back, which put $16 billion a year into the into the economy of this region and it's disgraceful what they did so you know we felt that we needed to uh, let the public know what's going on here and to contest that bid let me transition out of that opening statement from ryan o'callan who's here in studio with us uh, and bring in john doherty who joins us on the hotline here on saturday night live with philly labor on talk radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, Doc, welcome into the show. Let me get you to jump right in. I don't know if you heard Ryan's reference to the staggering amount of money that is generated and created by the refinery, but with that, I welcome you in uh, for your opening remarks. Yeah, Ryan did a great job, and uh, here's a guy that basically they cut his, not only all his members and their economy, but his. You know, so, I mean, he, he is running around right now without any future, without this refinery, doing a fabulous job still representing his members. I think he's a little light on actually the numbers because I think it goes a little bit deeper than people realize. 
You know, there's a lot of places there where, you know, we will not, okay, uh, be in business in a couple of years, okay, if there isn't a, you know, a refinery or fossil fuel plant down there. So. I mean, John, at this point, we did the rally the other day. Um, there's a, there's a, uh, there's so many uh, people displaced, so many workers displaced. What is the political landscape from a city, state, and federal uh, angle? Uh, where are we going with that? Well, it's funny. I think, okay, that there is a, uh, we're kind of stuck in, in uh, freeze frame right now because I don't think people want to make a statement. As you can see, you got, there's a lot of politicians out there that, and, that has become so accustomed to this. Most recently in the last few three or four years, uh, and I mentioned it at the rally, their position is whatever the poll tells them to do. So they take these polls, they commission polls, they get a feel for the surrounding area. You know, a lot of the questions are based on surveys that are done on about 500 people. And I've, I've done a ton of them over my time in the political world as well as in the business world. So it's a little concerning to me that you get elected officials that, you know, one fundraiser after another will call a local union and say to them, hey, uh, you know, we need money, but we need more than the normal contribution. We need you to sponsor the event. We need you to bring some professionals. We need a whole bunch. So when somebody puts a fundraiser out and you see 50 people there and the building trade support it, not only the 20 or so building trades people that are present, but there's about 10 or 12 other people there to do business with us. So for all intents and purposes, most of these fundraisers, we're at least 35, uh, 40% over what people think we are. And uh, what concerns me is that at the building trades, one of the questions that's most recently in the last two years is that before they come in for support, I ask them where they stand on issues like the refinery. And very infrequently do we have anyone who tells us they're not for us. They take the check, they cast the check, they, they wave to the big crowd, you know, they ask us to help on election day, and then they take a poll somewhere close to this, and in some cases they send letters. <laughs> you know, you heard what Jim Snell said, yet, you know, Larry Farnese sent a letter, and it wasn't that he sent a letter in, it's that about two weeks ago he told Jim that he had not sent it. And Jim Snell told him, he said, well, it's on Philly.com. He said, oh, I forgot I sent it. And he said, well, I'm just parroting what the mayor told me, or what the mayor said. And that just seems to be, and it's just, that's not about Larry. That's about a lot of elected officials. And it's about, you know, this type of issue. If it polls, they, they try to stay away from it. And we've went so far to the left on a political, you know, aspect, sure. it's ridiculous. But uh, the refinery, there's, there's, as you heard, there's so many things to talk about. And I'm really glad that you guys, you know, are spending a little bit of time tonight. A lot of the concerns I have is I don't think people realize, beside the economy and all the jobs, now, in particular, nobody loves that neighborhood and that region more than me, okay? Just today alone, okay, I got all my newspapers are brought in Oregon, okay? I stopped at Mike and Matt's Italian market at 12th and Mifflin, probably the best little Italian deli we have. And not only got all my lunch meat and my rolls there, but I also stopped and talked to everybody in the place. Then I went down and I went to the Target, okay, right off Water Street, okay, Water and Snyder. I've lived in that neighborhood as long as anybody who will ever pull your show. And my family has got off a boat in Ireland and raised our family in a two-bedroom row home 
in Cross Street off the boat from Ireland that I actually raised my family in. So I love that neighborhood. I love that region. I've had publicers and NLX blow their stuff into our window for years when Kevin, my brother Kevin, and my sister Maureen, and we all lived on Howard Street, which is basically right butted up against where the I-95 is. Now, so you know, I mean, my I- mom died. My, I just want to finish because there's so many misconceptions, misperceptions, and untruths out there that you just need to get a little bit deeper. Like the air, okay, the refinery. You think we would put any of our guys at harm's way? Okay, we have monitors. We know what the the uh, resolves are down there. We know what the numbers are down there. We also know what we want to do away, do away with when we when we redo this refinery. But we also understand how many people have made decent incomes there. They coached Little League in that neighborhood. They sent their kids to private school in that neighborhood. They shopped in all them stores in that neighborhood. They buy their Christmas trees on the corners, you know, at Broad Street and Oregon Avenue and Second Street, all from that little neighborhood. The people in Grace Ferry understand. You know, the demise of Grace Ferry wasn't, you know, some of the sensitive issues like Section 8 housing and, and gentrification and all the things that professors will tell you. It was when DuPont laid off and the refinery slowed up. People lost their jobs. So there's a lot of opportunities here that have to be taken. One, I'm still really concerned. And people are afraid to say this, but that explosion did not have to happen. The maintenance schedule that was cut by PES, as I believe, was setting up for a Chapter 11 or or, the, you know, drift away or closing. They brought people in that had history and closing plants, okay? There was a schedule to maintain, upgrade, and in some places replace. And it's absolutely my understanding that the piece of uh, pipe that had led to the explosion was on the schedule to be, made, uh, be upgraded and maintained. And it was cut. Now, I'm also very concerned, and I've said this, and people look at me like I'm crazy, but the first fire, okay, remember, we've had fires for so many years. We bring in some new management team, and all of a sudden we have a fire, and the first fire gets $60 million worth of insurance money and paid quickly, to the best of my knowledge. So when I had a chance after the major fire, and by the way, the day of the explosion, you know, 10 minutes after it happened, I was on my way down there. I was scared to death that I was going to get, you know, word that we not only lost people, but people were actually vaporized there. And for some reason, okay, no one. And, like, I pray to God every day for things like that, that mm-hmm. they never happened, okay? And nobody got hurt. But we were on that site and outside that site 10 minutes. Okay, then we spent most of our day running back and forth from the Penrose Diner where we were meeting in a back room to the refinery. We didn't care what was in the air back then. We were just trying to make sure everybody in the place was safe and the people in the surrounding neighborhood was safe. And we still take that same position. We still want to protect our families, our workers, and the people in that community. So they got the $60 million from the insurance. About two days after, three days after the fire, we go to meet, and I asked them a question that seemed really off guard. I said, how much, you know, if you don't shut up, uh, if you don't continue and you do shut up, how much are you, is your insurance policy for the closure of this place? You know, and again, I'm not an insurance specialist, but the CEO, Mark Smith, told me in front of Jim Snell 
and uh, John Bland, two people who will be on the phone with you later, they told me that it was $1.3 billion. So now I asked another question. I said, listen, now with 85% or 90% of the refinery working, is it profitable? I said, yes, it's profitable. Even without the unit that was shut down because of the fire, which I believe did not have to happen. Okay, so even that. So then they were taking, my understanding was they were continually taking money out instead of putting it into the place to make sure that the place, you know, stayed safe and the neighbors were safe. Okay, so other facts that you just need to know. 45% of all the heating oil in the Northeast Carter comes from that refinery. That 45% will have to be replaced. It'll be replaced with foreign ships coming across and unloading that oil up and down the East Coast where we normally would have transferred the product from here. So when you have all these people running for president and all these people talking about homeland security and danger zones, I would think there's always more possibility of problems when you have you know, half of your heating oil coming from across the seas and primarily Russia. And that's not, you know, some political statement, and I don't really care about the Russia conversation. I care about keeping kids working and keeping them safe. Uh, the other part is that, and if you don't believe me, well, you have to look where they don't really have access to pipelines, okay, and they depend on oil and things, especially the Boston area. They have Russian ships backed up in their dock to be unloaded as of three months ago. Okay, so... I know I talk a little bit here, but it's very, it's very frustrating when this is exactly what they make movies about. You bring in somebody to shut a refinery down because you say that it's not making money. It's not making money because of the people who were employed or the product that was being produced. It's not making money because of the debt service that it, 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 it consumes, which is part of the big picture. But... Then you go and you bring someone in who basically tells people he's here to shut it down. Then on his watch, you have a fire. And the first fire brings $60 million back to the table and quickly. Then you have a major fire that I don't believe needed to happen because the, main, the maintenance that was supposed to be upgraded, okay, and a big shutdown with a lot of local workers was cut back significantly, and that portion was cut back. So then you have a fire, an explosion, okay, that could shut the plant down. Now, thank God nobody was hurt. Because of the great safety activities of one of Ryan's members, uh, you know, a young woman who was able to shut it down and contain it on impact. Now, think about that. So you got $1.3 billion. You just collected $60 million. There's a lot of reasons why people wouldn't want that maintained. Now, I don't think anybody intentionally decided, you know, to put something as dangerous that, as that. But, you know, another explosion or another little fire, you know, another quick, you know, maybe not $60 million, maybe $600 million. You know, they were taking bonuses. They've been taking bonuses out of the company when, you know, people are still being told that it's not as safe as they advertise. Now, anything that we put in there will be, okay, modernized, completely safe, any dangerous product will be taken out, and it'll still make money. And, again, we've done everything from the front door to fire no less than 40 minutes after it occurred, 
all the way down to the White House for a second trip last week. And that was about, again, job creation, and as well as a few other things, but the refinery was at the tip of our tongue because, you know, we're, we're, we're juggling a time frame which basically says next week, you know, the bankruptcy judge, you know. Now, the one thing that I've been saying from day number one that no one else has been saying is I want to see the deed because I was always under the impression that it was deed restricted. Now, if you read any of the articles, there was a really good article on it yesterday in the paper, but there's deed restrictions. And it basically says, hey, a couple people have to sign off like the Environmental Protection Agency, and then people like Sunoco, who are still on the hook for cleaning it up if they were to sell it. So we still haven't had any answers about that because I want to make sure that they don't sell it and think that they turn a little bit of dirt, put some concrete in a couple warehouses, and tell the neighbors everything's okay. You know, so I, you need somebody who understands and somebody who's constantly testing. And people who do, our, our guys who do the product now, they're constantly testing. They're constantly testing inside the facility, outside the facility. You know, our guys are wearing air, you know, air alarms on them and things like that. And none of it has went off. And, you know, we do this on a regular basis. God forbid if we would leave our people to be, you know, to be harmed. John Doherty yeah, so. joining us here. John, stay right there for just a second. Uh, there's a lot to unpa- unpack uh, in uh, our conversation with John Doherty, who's joining us here uh, on Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor as we come to you. It's an early edition of Saturday Night Live. Remember, we're leading you into Temple Basketball, Temple East Carolina. That game gets underway at the top of the hour. Uh, John, if you can stay there, uh, I'm going to get to just a quick break just to give the audience a chance to absorb, consume, and process uh, everything that you just laid out. Ryan, I know you want to comment. I'll bring you into the conversation. Um, we've got Jim Snell, who's going to join at the bottom of the hour from Steamfitters Local 420. J-Doc, he'll be here. And uh, John Bland's going to be calling in And a John minutes. Bland is on the line. So we'll, when we come back after the break, uh, we'll do a two-minute break. When we come back, uh, we'll have Johnny Doc on the line. We'll bring... Um, John Bland Bland will bring him into the conversation and Ryan will start with you uh, to comment on what Doc has said to this point. You're listening to Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are being sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Ironworkers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. Back here live on a Saturday night, it's an early edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor along with J-Doc, I'm Joe Krause, coming to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Those opening 15 minutes or so from John Doherty, who's still on the line, uh, a lot to unpack. Uh, so much there, uh, J-Doc, yeah. that we may need to spend the next six to eight weeks every hour on Saturday night talking about the program oh yeah this, this is this, by the way this is part one of a series we're doing so let me just say uh, johnny doc laid it out it, incredibly well and it and and, and ryan at the, uh, before we went on the air today you when john came on and talked about the neighborhood and how much he cares about that neighborhood and and the worker safety you said uh that you mentioned earlier that there are individuals yeah. going around the neighborhoods telling the neighbors 
uh, the low-income neighbors, how unsafe it is. People that aren't even from the area right. trying to scare them into making one of the biggest mistakes they could ever make in their life. Yeah, they're uh, you know spreading fear uh, with this information. I went to a community meeting a couple of years ago about the refinery. I just wanted to speak on behalf of our members and the work that goes on in the refinery. And one of these left-wing nuts showed up with uh, flyers uh, uh, you know, about things that didn't have anything to do with the refinery. And when I questioned her, she left the room. I mean, it, 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 it's a, it's, it's exactly what Johnny laid out. Now I want to bring in uh, John Bland from from Boilermakers Local 13, who ha- also has a stick in this game. John, how are you, sir? Good, Joe. How you doing, brother? Uh, I'm good. If you would, uh, and 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 uh, c- tell us, tell us uh, what's on your mind because I know you were at the rally uh, with Ryan, with Jim Snell, <clears throat> with Johnny Doc, and 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 all the members. Uh, you mentioned the auction, and it, uh, give us a little insight there. Uh, well, first of all, Jack, first of all, Joe, I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate that very much. You know, this whole PES refinery auction, it's been bizarre. It must be the first time, you know, you go to a refinery and the low bidder wins on an auction. Has that ever happened before? I mean, something really stinks here. No wonder PES was going broke with that business model. I just don't understand that one. You know, and it even gets better. City of Philadelphia seems to be good with that. Thirty million dollars plus of revenue yearly coming in with taxes and everything else. They're going to walk away from that. And Hillco's selling them a bill of goods. They're selling them a bill of goods that they're going to build industrial warehouse, ten thousand jobs. Well, you take a look around Philadelphia right now. We all drive around. How many abandoned warehouses are there? Where's Hillco been in that been at then? I mean, they could have done a lot before. All of a sudden, environmentalists, somebody from City Hall, wants to get teamed up with Hillco is what it sounds like to me. And I can tell you right now, I mean, this really, it's, it stinks really bad. John, if you would, um, could you comment there? Because it is, Ryan has said many times, the amount of money that and loss that the economy in our region, in the Northeast sector, is, 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 is losing is unbelievable. Oh, most definitely. I mean, the maintenance that they do there, spring and fall outages, plus the routine maintenance yearly, uh, the steel workers, my guys, the fitters, all the trades. I mean, I, I probably average over 100,000, 200,000 man hours a year there. I mean, you could do the math on that alone. Johnny Doc? I'm here. Yeah, I mean, I what, want, it, one thing I want to tell you, Joe, I've been doing business in this town a long time. I've never, okay, have went into any argument, negotiation, or, you know, fight without having, uh, you know, or having been with anybody who's better prepared and more well-represented than these guys. Jimmy Snell, he's been in office about two weeks when this explosion occurred. John Bland, not only here, but from a nuclear perspective, there have been a ton of cutbacks, all in areas where people are just making cutbacks based on polling and not on common sense. John and, of course, I already mentioned Ryan, but I spent an awful lot of time with John and Jimmy, and they represent their people as well as anybody I've ever seen, and they do a tremendous job in these meetings. And again, from the back room at the Penrose Diner, when we're talking about what we have to do, all the way down to the White House, when we're actually talking with people who can make a difference, you know, into a meeting with predators or a bankruptcy judge, Okay, these guys are so well prepared. They do a great job. And if you notice, this isn't some, 
union, non-union argument. Okay, this is a union, non-human argument. This is like taking people and replacing good paying jobs with a couple warehouse jobs where you might have a few robots, you know, eventually sorting out some packages. Now, we're all for, you know, the future development of around the Navy Yard, and we've been pushing that. All you have to do is look at East Market Street, and you can see our fingerprints over the future of Philadelphia. Where we have our, we put our money where our mouth is. We spent over a billion dollars in pension assets, okay, just to get East Market Street cleaned up, and it's, it's worked tremendously for us. That's the same. We were willing to invest in the refinery. And again, I tell you, when you sit down next to Snell, Land, Cowhead, you're sitting down with people who absolutely care about their members as well as the region. So I told you, it's it's. It's good to have everybody on, and I just wish that we can get this message out to more and more people. You know, somehow we have to take this radio show and, and, and play it two or three times because this information that you're spreading out there today is information that people have refused to talk about. The fact that they got $1.3 billion worth of insurance money there, is there anybody going to make them, you know, clean up and renovate the portions that have been damaged by the fire with that to make sure the neighbors are good? Or are they just going to roll that over into a deal where it's part of the bankruptcy settlement? You know, and how long will that go? Joe, these are questions that have to be asked. If you're a neighbor, you shouldn't be concerned about, you know, putting a more modern refinery. It'll never be safer than the next day that we're there. Okay, you should be concerned about that land laying dormant or people just turning dirt. Okay, and it's going to take years to get it done. Anybody tells you an accelerated pace, they mean the first decade, not the second decade. John Doherty joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. John Bland is with us from the Boilermakers. Ryan O'Callaghan, President USW, he is in uh, studio. Doc, I want to get you to comment, if you will. uh, on one thing that John referenced, Ryan was ta- uh, uh, and J Doc had conversation about it before we came on the air. How do you go into a bankruptcy position, and how does the lower bid be by a long shot? How does the lower bid get accepted, and how does that stand? Is there a way to is there is there a way to overturn the acceptance of that lower bid? Well, I, I believe that there's still you know people trying to uh, put uh, financing together, you know. To but there's obviously a bankruptcy judge who's obviously a smart man, you know. And there's a lot of lawyers and bankers on both teams, and there's. There's people there that represent you know, people that are owed money to creditors. But, yeah, the facts are, hey, there has to be something there. And, uh, you know, I just don't – it doesn't smell right, but it's obviously a, a formula that goes through on a regular basis. And this week is a big week. So, you know, if you'll see if the PES people uh, see what their argument is and, and the Phil Rinaldi group, you know, they're doing everything in their power to make this arrangement work. And again, there's a lot of other people here that like Brandon and Snow and, and O'Callaghan who are consistently, you know, not only making point, but supplying the background information that more people should have done. Now, I'm not sure that everything that was presented properly, like I haven't heard much about the insurance. I haven't heard much about the lack of the maintenance. You know, last I heard that, you know, I don't know if there's still ongoing investigations in there. 
you know, if it wasn't for us screaming at the top of our lungs about the deed and the deed restrictions, you probably wouldn't have even had a news article on that. So I think all that comes into play this week. And I, so I think that, you know, the economics definitely come into play, but there's still a lot of other things there too that, you know, people need to be, you know, concerned about. John, there's one guy in Philadelphia who, who I believe could, uh, could uh, drive down 95, pull up into the uh, driveway of the White House and have a sit-down conversation with the President of the United States and make something happen. Is that even a possible solution at this point? Well, the guys you're talking to have had, they've been talking to a gentleman by the name of Navarro, who is also very active in, in you know, he's been responsible for executive orders with Made in the USA product, and that's something that really affects us. And he's also been involved with the tariffs, you know, and things like that. That, that and, you know, we've always been for, and we've talked about that over the years, too, because we've always looked for a level playing field. But, uh, but Jim, Jimmy Snell and John Bland and a few other people have been down with them, and they have been in the rooms negotiating and fulfilling, you know, the information request that we've got from the White House. You know, so this, this has nothing to do about, you know, who's uh, running for president and what positions we take. This has everything to do about maintaining jobs for our members that are high-paying jobs, that family-sustaining jobs. So, and again... At the end of the day, our guys actually vote their job. So when people get upset about that, but let me tell you, I'd rather have a guy that was either for us or flat out told us he was against us than someone who said that they were with us and they sent some backroom letter, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, so, but I think that we've already made that. My understanding is, is that there'll probably be another meeting, you know, to finalize where and what, what we're doing. And like I said, the guys you're going to have on the phone, you know, Snell, Bland, okay, they've been at the heart of these conversations. And I joke with you, Joe, you, we've known each other a long time. You know, you know, I was a better electrician than advertised, but these guys, I mean, they're fitters and they're boilermakers by heart. At that rally the other day, it, it, their followings, their people are passionate. That's what they do. Well, John. Okay, the guys you're talking to. Yeah, I mean, and, they're good. They're good, man. They're, they're good. They're good for the region. They're good for the members. And I believe that when you ask, Will people be able to get it done? Yeah, I think them too, and and the people that come with them, you know, are going to take this to. And if it's possible, if there's any possibility of this place opening up again, these guys will be at the forefront. And don't forget, just like we were the last time, Johnny, we want to thank you. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, John, we want to thank you for for the leadership that you show, and that, and that you are doing for the building trades, and 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 with this fight. Uh, and we, we appreciate you calling in and, and, and giving us some of your time. Uh, it, it, it certainly helps give us uh, hope for, for where this thing's going. Johnny Dock, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, good stuff from John Dockery. We thank him. He may have dropped off there at the very end. So, uh, Doc joining us. We'll ask uh, Jim, or Jim Snell is going to join us on the other side of the uh, break. Uh, John Bland is staying on hold with us. We'll bring him into the conversation. Um, we'll go with a roundtable with Ryan, uh, John, and Jim when we come back. On the other side, it's an early edition, a special edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are brought to you by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. 
Back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, the movement to save the refinery. This J-Doc is boiling. Uh, you heard John Doherty with us in the opening half hour um, engage in some, uh, some good conversation that the public can understand. And I think that's part uh, of uh, the problem here. Nobody's understanding the magnitude uh, of these numbers. In studio, Ryan O'Callaghan, President USW with us, 10-1. Uh, on the line, John Bland from the Boilermakers, Jim Snell, Steamfitters Local uh, 420, now joining us uh, as well. So we have a four... We got the major players We got the major the players, as Doc said, they're all with us, Ryan in studio, and then two by phone. Yeah, um, so I'm going to get, and I want to thank John Bland for, for, for holding, and, and, and he's going to be a part of this discussion um but i'm gonna bring in jimmy snow right now jimmy how are you great great joe uh good evening guys how you, how's everybody doing oh, everybody's hey, jimmy everybody's doing good uh obviously but shaking our heads um a lot of things not making sense um from the lowest bidder to, to losing the money in the economy to to laying off so many of our workers uh, what's on the, on your mind jimmy well, uh, what's what's been on my mind as well as John Doherty's mind and, and Ryan and Johnny Bland, I mean, since this whole thing has happened, um, has just been our, you know, the, the amount of job losses. It's just devastating. Um, you know, like like I tell a whole lot of people, a lot of our uh, political friends who just don't, they don't get it. Um, what I tell them is, look, it's devastating enough to to see that place close and and lose roughly uh you know a thousand to fifteen hundred jobs the the people that are down there full time every day that's ryan and his and his crew and and all the other uh you know the other workers uh uh for p e s the secretaries and and management but you know for you know depending <clears throat> on who you who you talk to whether it's the state of pennsylvania or uh, University of Texas study, a Penn study, for every one job that is lost, one refinery job that is lost, there's anywhere from 15 to 18 other jobs that are affected. And that means, you know, you said, well, what's that mean? Well, that's the guy who makes the pizzas around the corner, you know, from the refinery. That's the guy who does the, uh, cleans the Nomex, the orange suits that everybody wears every day. I mean, there are there are thousands of jobs uh, at stake here uh, in the region, and it's not just a Philadelphia thing. This is a regional thing, and you know, naturally, the the Philadelphia building trades are affected hugely, along with Ryan's uh, crew, you know, the steel workers. But um, yeah, it's just devastating, and that's what that's that's what we've been thinking about. That's what I think about each and every day, seeing this place just. Closed. So many things not making sense. John, John Bland, you want to weigh in here? Yeah, I mean, it's devastating. Like I said, I know that Jimmy's feeling it. Uh, Ryan's feeling it. I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy Snell and I, we're in a little bit of a different situation. At least I have the ability to move my guys around the country. I mean, I'll put guys, there's those guys that found jobs in Alaska, guys in Ohio. There's, I got 125 guys working in Pittsburgh. You know, there's no opportunities here right now, so they got to do what they got to do. And there's a couple hundred guys that are not home every night, you know, taking, putting their kids to bed, taking them to school. So it's kind of devastating, and it's hard eating for all of us. You know, and I'm going to mention one more thing before I go. I'm going to let Jimmy uh, Snell top, touch on this, and then uh, Ryan also. You know, when everything went down, we had a meeting with Mark Smith, the CEO. 
And everybody keeps talking about this $1.3 billion insurance policy. They lost a refinery. They didn't lose a refinery. They That's lost right. one unit. They could have fired up three days later. Right. You know. People don't so realize there was 33 units. On that. Oh, yeah. They could have made, I mean, it was all, already in the peak season. It was our money-making season. They could have been making high-octane fuel by the end of the week. Right. Well, John, listen, I want to thank you for calling in, spending your time with us, and uh, we're behind you 100%, and thank you for what you're doing for your members. Ryan, Jimmy, Doc, thanks for everything, guys. Thank you. Our pleasure. Ryan? Yeah, I I just want to add into that, you know, the refining of oil is a labor-intensive and capital-intensive process, and that labor was right here in the city of Philadelphia. That money was spent right here in the city of Philadelphia. We're still using the same products, but they're being imported. Only thing that happened was the transfer of that money and those jobs to foreign countries. We're still bringing these products in. Now we're uh, going to be held hostage to these foreign countries that have no unions, no EPA regulations, no worker rights. That money was being spent here. Some of my former members have moved out to South Dakota, Texas, Pittsburgh, all over the place, left their families uh, behind, and, and we're all in a state of uh, flux. We, we don't know where we're going. And, and for PES to take a bid that was $25 million less and a bid that would have employed us all back is, it, it, is beyond the pale. It's disgusting. Uh, they could have uh, put everybody back to work with Phil Rinaldi's group and his other company that's bid, but they chose to stuff their pockets again. Quick money up front. This management group that took over after Mr. Rinaldi and his team left have, are nothing but carpetbaggers. They intentionally rode the, ran that uh, refinery into the ground. The day of the fire, they were giving themselves bonuses and continued to do so. They're disgusting. And, and I'm, I'm sorry for my language, but it's really frustrating with these clowns. No, you, you know, listen, you're entitled to it. Also, let me, let me just reiterate what, what uh, Jimmy Snell just said and what Ryan had said plenty of times before. The day of the fire, the day after the fire, one out of the, what, 33 or... 30 units one was out, damaged. One out of 30 units was damaged. So, so although, it, you know, there was one down, there was 29 still running. And so what's confusing about this, Jim and, and Ryan, that the more, I, you know, we listen to it, Joe Krause, you got, the, the, let's look at this, the lowest bidder, okay, billions of dollars in the economy, yep. okay, um, you're talking about the, the, the new company that, that got the bid was, is, is a warehouse company who's, I mean, I don't know what the estimate that, of, of the amount of uh, funds they're going to bring into the economy, but I'm assuming it's not even close no I, 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 and, and you got groups from outside the area coming in and, and, and creating fear, talking about it's an unsafe situation. This is what, this is what I... just doesn't I, make sense. I, I'm trying to look at this from a common sense standpoint. All of the intangibles that are laid out, somebody from an authoritative position in the government needs to step in and say, this is not... Right. Well, I wanted, we wait a minute. Wait a minute. How, how can the city of Philadelphia, for example, not have a voice and say, hey, wait a minute. All that money that's all those workers that are now in Pittsburgh and are spending money. How come we, we can't as a city afford to lose all of this what money? What about the I foreign I, oil I, coming I, I, in I, here? I, I, I don't the, understand. The, the, it. What the about po- the foreign oil? The politicians have never contested the numbers. They've never uh, said, no, your numbers are wrong about the 
billions of dollars that are poured into their local economy, the millions of dollars that go into these city coffers, and they've never said how they'll make up that money. And it, they're irresponsible, well, quite here, frankly. Yeah, Jimmy, jump in here. Well, well yeah, so, so I'm sitting here listening, and, and once, once you start talking about city government, that's where I got to interject myself. I, I mean, these are the people, okay, and it's just about everybody in that building down at City Hall, with the exception of somebody like Bobby Heenan, okay? Yep. Bob, we know, has our backs. He has the backs of every, every working man and woman in this city. Well, he's okay? one of us, so he knows um, how but, we feel. But he's one of us. He's one of us. But I'm going to tell you, just about everybody else in that building uh, that I've spoken to over the course of the last six or seven months, it, it, it's, it's amazing. It's like they, they just don't want to hear your side of the story or they don't want to hear the, the realities. The bottom line is, and I don't, I don't know what the reason is, but they want to see that place closed. End of story. So, you know, you start doing a little digging and you hear, you, you talk to some people and, and hear, you know, something that's kind of come up of late. Uh, the city managing director, okay, Brian Abernathy. That guy's been the biggest cheerleader for Hilco, and, and and he's certainly not an advocate of the Philadelphia building trades, but a big cheerleader for Hilco. And you kind of hear from certain people behind the scenes that they're hearing that he actually has a job lined up with Hilco. Now that's hearsay. That's hearsay. But I, you know, to me. You know, if that was true, true or not, ethically, there's something wrong there. OK, um, you work for the city of Philadelphia. All right. And, and you're supposed to be representing the working men and women of this city and, and, and the region, no less. And, and, you know, fight for these people, fight for these jobs. And I, I certainly hope that's not true. But, you know, so you, you wonder, well, where are all our friends? These are our, our so-called friends. I, I got to tell you, I mean, when I took this job in, in uh, late April 1st of last year, I mean, I, I never knew the amount of calls I would get each and every day from politicians wanting contributions. Right, it right. is off the charts. I can't believe it. Now, most of them calls come from people within that building down there, right? They got their hand out constantly, constantly. You know, and we help them. We do the best we can, all right, because they're our friends. They're supposed to have our interests at stake. But when it comes to this, every single one of them in that building, except for Bobby, they've buried their head. All right. They're buried their head in the sands. And, and it's just it's mind blowing. It really is. And like I, I can't speak for all the building trades. I can only speak for local 420. I'm telling you right now to each and everyone who's listening, if you're if you're down that working in that city hall there in the government position, if you call me. You're not going to, I'm not going to be answering the phone. Okay. The, the well is dry now. We don't ask for much. We hardly ask for much, but when we do, we want a little help. This is, this is gigantic. This, this issue right now, and we're getting no help. Okay. The only people it seems that want to sit down and talk to us are the people down the white house. Okay. Peter Navarro uh, and, and the Trump administration will go anywhere. We'll do whatever we got to do. We don't care if you're an R or a D. If you have the backs, the, the, uh, the backs of the working men and women, or the Philadelphia building trades, the steel workers, or, or anybody affiliated with this, this refinery, we're going to go talk to you. 
Timmy okay, Snell. Bottom line. Timmy, I want to thank you for calling in. Thank you for what you're you advocating on behalf of your members and all members of the Philadelphia Building Trades. We know you guys are going through it. We want you to know we support you, and we got to win this PR battle. That's what we're trying to do right here. And I, whoever's taking these polls are asking the wrong questions. Thanks so much, Jimmy Jimmy, Jimmy Snell, business manager, Steamfitters Local 420. Thanks, Jimmy. Jim Snell with us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. We're uh, approaching the uh, Temple pregame show, Temple Basketball, here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's an early edition uh, of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, and it's a to-be-continued conversation, J-Doc. Ryan, let me come to you uh, and give you last word. I've got 45 seconds for you um, before we get to the uh, wrap of the show. I just want to remind the general public that we would not work in that refinery if it was unsafe and that we are the community members. We grew up around a refinery. We still live around a refinery. And if there was hazards there, we'd be the first ones affected by it. We wear a monitor every day uh, to make sure we're safe. Um, I'd also like to thank John Dockery, you two guys, John Bland, Jim Snell, for their help with this. Um, And remind the general public that healthy Healthy communities need good jobs, period. That's right. A little shout out to Mike Giaquindo, who was your yeah, cohort that was here buddy. last time. Yeah. And all your members and all the Thank members you. that have lost their jobs down there. You Appreciate know what it. I say to Jim Snell? President Trump wants to win the state of Pennsylvania. Drive down 95 yep. South and get that man involved and get this refinery uh, back open. That's going to do it for a special edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. As we say goodbye and lead you into Temple Basketball, we'll be right back here uh, next week with Part 2. See you next time, everybody. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communications Workers of America, and AFSME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.